Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church and welcome to another Thursday evening teaching. I'm so glad that you've been joining us week after week. Let me encourage you now, before we even get into it tonight, share this with a friend, hit the like button, invite someone to come and watch or listen with you. You know, these messages are designed for everyone to be able to get closer to God. And you know, if you're on the Gold Coast and you're looking for a new church home, why don't you come and join us? We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 23. T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. We'd love to see you there. We're a friendly church. We preach the word of God. We have a great children's church that's actually run by pastors. It's not a, a daycare. It's actually run by pastors, and they're teaching the children the word of God as well. And we're also meeting at 3 o'clock at Yatla on Sunday afternoon. So if you're up on that side of the Gold Coast or south of Brisbane, get in contact with us, and we'll give you the details where we're meeting. But join me now in the Lord's Prayer. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, this was his response. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Every believer needs to know what the Bible says about spiritual issues. And for the next three months, what the Bible says will be the theme of our Thursday evening messages because we need to start understanding it. And today's message is titled, What the Bible Says About the Trinity, because some of us have got this wrong. The text we're concentrating on is 1 John 5, 7. I'm reading from the New King James Version. If you've got your Bible with you, open it up. You can read from whichever version you like. 1 John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So that's the scripture we're going to concentrate on today. We're going to break it open a little bit. We're going to see what it actually means. Let's pray for our offering before we go much further this evening as well. You know, we're, we are a church that believes that the Lord is our provider. And we're meant to sow into the kingdom. So this is your opportunity to sow a seed. The details will be on the bottom of the screen. Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you because you made us. Lord, you're a good God. You, you've redeemed us. And we acknowledge that every good, perfect gift comes from you. Lord, make us good stewards of everything you've given us and everything you will give us in the future. <coughs> By your grace, Lord, we were brought with a price. So we desire to glorify you. Receive from our hearts, Lord, and from our hands these gifts this evening. Lord, we pray that you bless them and use them to your glory. And our prayer this evening is in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. The doctrine of the Trinity is a distinctive mark of Christianity. Though there are triads of divinities through many world religions and philosophies, none of these carries any similarity to the Christian teaching concerning the Trinity. It must be understood, however, that it is not possible to prove the Trinity from the standpoint of human reason. The Trinitarian nature of God comes to humans by divine revelation. It's interwoven throughout the Old and the New Testament. 
Those who believe the Old Testament is gone, you're wrong. We need both the Old and the New Testament. Thus, the Bible presents as a rational spirit, or sorry, it presents God as a rational spirit who is infinite in his attributes of love, holiness, wisdom, power, majesty, justice, truth, and goodness. It also presents him as one who exists eternally in three persons, yet is still one in substance and one in purpose. That brings us to our first point this evening. There is one God. In the Old Testament, God is revealed in the Shema. That's in Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, with which every Jewish synagogue service is opened. And in the Decalogue, which is in Exodus 20, verse 3, and by the prophets in Isaiah 45, verses 5 and 6. In the New Testament, God is revealed in the words of Jesus in John 10, 30. In the words of James in James 2.19. And in the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 8.4-6. He's described as the father of whom are all things and in whom we live and move and have our being in Acts 17.28. Adam and Eve believed in one God, but sin gave birth to polytheism because in their guilt, Humans manufactured gods whom they could appease. It started way back then with Adam and Eve. Sinful humans feared demonstrations of natural power, and they still do. So they worshipped the wind, the sun, the fire, and so on. Are we seeing that today in the new age? Today, material things often become gods in people's lives. Money, cars, boats, toys whatever it may be. The second thing this evening is the one God exists as three persons. The first inference of the Trinity is discovered in Genesis 1.1, way back at the start, when Moses used the plural form of the divine name. In the beginning, God, which was Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. Our God is so great in his being and in his attributes, that to limit him to one expression or manifestation of himself is to ignore his majesty and his power. Several passages use more than one Hebrew word of God or for God, making a distinction between God and the Father and God the Son. Other remarkable passages refer to the angel of Jehovah. The amazing fact of the New Testament is the way in which it presents the doctrine of the Trinity without any struggle and without any controversy. The teaching of Jesus is Trinitarian throughout. He speaks to the Father and to the Holy Spirit. And he does so without apology and without explanation. Paul gives an apostolic benediction, doesn't he? In, in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is prayer directed to Christ for his grace, and to the Father for his love, and to the Holy Spirit for his fellowship. Here the deity and equality of each person of the Godhead are taken for granted. God exists as three persons, and in each of the three is equal in power and glory, being one in substance. It is also important to note that in the Great Commission, Jesus 
instructed his followers to go into the world, baptizing them in the name of, get this, in the name of, not the names, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is another indication right here of the unity and the oneness in the Trinity. As we finish up today, our Thursdays are always a little bit shorter because we know it's the end of the week. Father, the Father is God. We must understand that. The Father is God. On many occasions, Jesus prayed to God the Father. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul declared, Yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things, and through whom we live. Again, Paul identified himself as an apostle sent by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Then we've got the Son of God. So we've got God the Father, then the Son of God. John wrote, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Paul wrote, for in him, Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hebrews 1.3 says, well, it's one of the strongest statements in the New Testament that declares the deity of Jesus. Have a read of it. He is said to be the exact expression of the substance of God. So what is substance? It's what's necessary to be God. The Son is declared to be the exact expression of that substance. The attributes of deity ascribed to God alone are also ascribed to the Son. Holiness, immutability, omnipotence, omniscience, life, eternity, omnipresence, judgment, and creation. How God is described, Jesus is described as well. And then we need to remember the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Peter declared in his words to Ananias that the Holy Spirit is God. Paul also declared it. And Jesus implied the great commission that the Holy Spirit is equal with the Father and the Son. Remember, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you with that this evening. But I also want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us that we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him. And if you allow him, he'll make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you're important to us, as you're important to God as well. So if you feel led to, you can contact us at www.refinerylife.org. Especially when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. And we're believing this year, 2023, is a year of divine restoration and divine recovery. So whatever the locusts have taken from you, whatever they've eaten, that can all be returned this year. You may just need to do a few things. Maybe get closer to the Lord. Maybe start talking to Him. Maybe start listening. Perhaps get yourself planted and rooted in a church. And until next time, stay in the blessings.